Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Klassen. Today we are discussing chapter number eight, The Camel Trader of Babylon. This is a slightly longer chapter, at least relative to the previous one, but is interesting nonetheless, and it concerns a very, very important part of finance, which we will get to very, very soon. It starts with a fairly innocuous sentence, which reads, the hungrier one becomes, the clearer one's mind works. Also, the more sensitive one becomes to the odors of food. No, this is not about fasting, it's about finance, but the principles are the same. It starts with the tale of Tarkar, the son of Azur, who was for two whole days without any food, but two small figs that he, that he plucked from the walls of a garden. They helped him retain his restless fingers from snatching the tempting fruits from the basket. Never before had he realized how much food was brought to the markets of Babylon and how good it smelled when you're deprived of something. And when you get a little taste of it, do you see it in all its gravitas, all its, all its gigantic nature? Leaving the market, he walked across to the inn and paced back and forth. He hoped that he would see someone, a friend, whom he could ask, to borrow a certain whom he could borrow a certain amount of money so that he could go in and 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 eat some food but he was without food as we just saw for two whole days in his abstraction he found himself face to face with the the very man that he wished solely to avoid the tall bony figure of dabasir the camel trader of all the friends and others from whom he had borrowed small sums the Vasir made him feel the most uncomfortable because of his failure to keep his promises to repay promptly. You can already see the sort of topic that we're about to cover. The Vasir's face lit up and said, Ha, it's Tarka, just the one I have been seeking that he may repay me the two pieces of copper and one piece of silver that I lent him a moon ago, which is about, I think, a month and, 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 and 30 days ago. We are well met. I can make good use of the coins this very day. What say? Can you give it to me? Tarkar replied, I am sorry, but this day I have neither copper nor silver with which I can repay. Tabasar insisted, then get it. Surely you can get a hold of a few pieces of copper and silver to repay the generosity of an old friend of your father who aided you when you needed it the most. He said, this is the fortune, this fortune does pursue me, but I cannot pay immediately because I have none. He said, hmm, ill fortune? Are you blaming the fact that you can't pay some, uh, you can't pay someone who's lent you money on ill fortune? Would you blame the gods for your own weakness? Ill fortune pursues every man who thinks more of borrowing <laughs> than of repaying. That is perhaps the most tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> insulting way uh, to, to refer to debt payments, uh, especially debt that you, are take, you have taken on, at a personal level, uh, is <laughs> ill fortune pursues every man who thinks more of borrowing than of repaying. Abbasid tells Darkard, come with me. I am very hungry. I will sit and have lunch and I'll tell you a tale. He went into the inn and ordered a goat's leg for himself and just a glass of cold water for Tarkar. 
در کاز ہارٹ سینک کو نہیں ہارٹ دس ہی واز ہوپنگ دیٹ ڈباسر وڈ ان ہز ان ہز ڈیورنگ ہز میل وڈ آلسو اسپیئر سم تھنگ فار دا پور ہنگری چیپ بٹ آلی گاڈ واز اے ٹال ڈرنک آف کولڈ واٹر ڈباسر ہاویور نیو نو سچ سائلنس ہی کنٹینیو ٹو ٹاک ہی کنٹینیو ٹو اسمائل اینڈ ہی ہی واز he he felt like he was talking not just to tarkar sitting opposite him on the on the rug but everyone in 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 the inn whom he knew very very well he said i did hear from a traveler just returned from urfa of a certain rich man who has a piece of stone cut so thin that one can look through it he put it in the window of his house to keep out the rains it is yellow so this traveler does relate and he was permitted to look through it all the outside world looks strange and not what it really is a piece of stone cut so thin that when placed at the window still which one looks at to the outside world makes it look like everything is not like what it seems again fairly innocuous words phrases comparisons in order to draw the larger principle of this part of finance Uh, this part of personal finance he asked tarkar think of all the world could a man a, could could look to a man a different color from what it is he says look at the world and 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 tell me can it look different to you than it is to me could it look different for anybody else than it is to us i dare say responded the youth which much more interested in the fat leg of cold placed before tabasir his stomach doing the talking rather than his mind well i know it to be true and with this he says i know it to be true that you can see the world in a different light than it is because i myself have done so i was not always a camel trader in fact years ago i was a slave in syria and with that he began a tale a tale that was heard not just by by uh, tarkar sitting on the opposite end of the table but everyone in in the in pulled their rugs close close to tarkar close to dabasir in order to pay attention to the tale of wisdom that dabasir was about to narrate everybody said dabasir will tell a tale whispered a neighbor to his to his patron other diners brought their food and crowded in a semicircle they crunched noisily in the ears of tarkar and brushed him with their meaty bones he alone was without food he said davasir started his tale saying when i was a young man i learned the trade of my father the making of saddles i worked with him in the shop and took myself a wife being young and not greatly skilled i could earn but little just enough to support my wife in a modest way i craved good things which i could not afford soon i found that the shopkeepers would trust me to pay later even though i could not pay at the time and this is a little bit of of poison the entry drug the gateway drug that you that people use in order to start their debt circle which eventually leads to if not paid attention to eventually leads to something really really bad in the long run being young and without experience i did not know that he who spends more than he earns 
is sowing the winds of needless self-indulgence from which he is sure to reap the whirlwinds of trouble and humiliation. So I indulged my whims for fine raiment and bought luxuries for my good wife and our home beyond our means. Then it hit me. Creditors began to pursue me to pay for my extravagant purchases and my life became miserable. I borrowed from my friends and could not repay them. Things went from bad to worse. My job was not enough to satisfy my expenditure. My wife returned to her father and decided to leave Babylon to seek another city where a young man might have. And I decided to leave Babylon uh, to go to a place where I might have better opportunities to not just satisfy my wishes, but also repay this debt which I have now under my head. So I resorted, like most youths would, to crime. From this I fell with a set of likable robbers who scoured the desert for unarmed caravans. Such deeds were unworthy of the son of my father, but I was seeing the world through a colored stone and did not realize to what de degradation I had fallen. In the first trip, we met with success, but the treasure that we scoured or stole rather, we squandered in Jinir. The second time we were not so fortunate. Just after we had made our capture, we were attacked by the spearmen of a native chief to whom the caravans paid. Our two leaders were killed and the rest of us were taken to Damascus in Syria, where we were stripped of our clothing and sold as slaves. I was purchased for two pieces of silver, just double of what you owe me, Tarkard. With my hair shown and my loincloth to wear, I was not sufficient, I was not so different from the other slaves. Being a reckless youth, I thought it merely an adventure until my master took me before his four wives and told me they could have me for a eunuch. A eunuch, I think I could be wrong here, is a form of uh, sex slave come uh, worker, laborer who ideally serves a family with respect to any, any of, the, of the household chores. In my hopelessness, I realized the dire situation that I had found myself in. These men of desert were fierce and warlike. I was subject to their will without weapons or means of escape. The only person I received pity from was a woman named Sirah, the first wife of the master who had bought me. Her face was impassive and she looked upon me. I turned from her with little consolation. The next was contemptuous beauty. The next was a contemptuous beauty whom gazed at me indifferently as I had been a form, uh, I had been a worm of earth. The two younger ones tittered as though it were all an exciting joke. But Sira gave me a proposition that I, I snatched upon. She said, of eunuchs we have plenty, but of camel tenders we have but a few and they are a worthless lot. Even this day, I would visit my mother who is sick with fever and there is no slave that I can entrust to lead my camels. Can you? He says, Dabasa responded saying, I can make the camels kneel. I can load the camels. I can lead them on long trips without tiring. If need be, I can repair their trappings. 
the slave speaks forward enough if you desire take this take this man said the said the slave master as your camel tender so i was turned over to sira and i led her upon the long journey to her sick mother i took the occasion to thank her for her intercession and also to tell her that i was not a slave by birth but the son of a free man an honorable saddle maker in babylon sira responded saying how can you call yourself a free man when you when your weakness has brought you to this if a man has in himself the soul of a slave will he not become one no matter what his birth even as water seeks its level if a man has within him the soul of a free man will he not become respected and honored in his own city in spite of his misfortune for over a year i was a slave he lived with the slaves he ate with the slaves but he never really thought with the slaves he never he never spent time with them when he was not required to he never sat in the tent with them he always sat alone sira noticed this and asked why do you disassociate disassociate yourself with the rest of the slave aren't, aren't you one of them he said i am pondering what you have said to me earlier a year earlier i wonder if i have the soul of a slave i cannot join them i do not have such a soul so i must sit apart sira confided in him and said i too am like you i cannot sit with the other wives my dowry was large and my lord married me because of it yet he does not desire me because of this and because i am barren i have neither the son a son nor a daughter must i sit apart Were I a man, I would rather die than be such a slave. But the conventions of our tribe make slaves of women. What think thou of me by this time? I asked her suddenly. Have I the soul of a man or the soul of a slave? She asked him one question that would desire that would differentiate between the soul of a man, soul of a free man, and the soul of a slave. She says, "Have you ever the desire to repay the debts you owe in Babylon?" "Yes, I have a desire, but I see no way." Sira responds, saying, "If thou contently let the years slip by and make no effort to repay, then thou hast but the contemptible soul of a slave. No man is otherwise who cannot respect himself, and no man can respect himself who does not repay honest debts." But what can I do? I'm a slave here, all the way in Syria. She says, "Stay a slave, you weakling." I'm not a weakling. Then prove it. How? Does any does not the great king fight his enemies? Does not the great warrior find fight all those around him? Does not anyone who's distressed find a way out? Then find a way. Find a way to get back to Babylon. find a way to repay the, your your creditors find a way to get back your wife find a way to earn an honest living not resort to crime whenever you need to pay back the money he he thought over all the unkind accusations when many defensive phrases that sir are laid before him he wanted to prove himself that he was not a slave at heart but he does not he did not know how he could do this One fine day, Sira came to him again and said, "My mother is very sick again. Saddle the two best camels in your herd, 
and let's let's go let's 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 set off on our way to them when we reached the mother's house it was just dark sirar dismissed the maid and said to me dabasir do you have a soul of a free man or the soul of a slave he immediately responded the soul of a free man now is the chance to prove it your master is deeply imbibed and the chiefs are busy take these camels and make them make your escape here is the bag of raiment of my master to disguise thee i will say you stole the camels and ran away while i visited my sick mother he responds he responds to her saying you have the soul of a queen not just of a woman who has who, who is desired by none much do i wish that i that i might lead thee to happiness happiness she responds awaits not the runaway wife who seeks it in far lands among stray people go your own way and may the gods of the desert protect you but everything was not as straightforward as this dabasir realized he took the camel set off on his way from syria to babylon but in in the desert air with no food no water no nothing there was little that he that could content him late that afternoon i reached a rough country as uninhabitable as 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 the desert it was such a journey from then on as few men lived to tell day after day we plodded along food and water gave out the heart of the sun the heat of the sun was merciless at the end of the ninth day i slid from the back of my mount with the feeling that i was too weak i stretched out upon the ground and slept when i woke up there was a coolness in the morning air my camels lay dejected about me was a vast array of broken country with not a soul in sight no sign of water nothing to eat for me nor my camels he sat back in reminiscence and said could this be my very end could i die without getting back to my wife getting paying back my creditors living the life that i have envisioned reaping the kindness that sira had given to me and planned my escape and lastly he asked himself the question have i the soul of a slave or a free man then with clearness i realized that i had the soul of a slave if i did i would give up but i don't but i had the soul of a free man what then surely would i force my way to babylon to repay the people who had entrusted me bring happiness to everyone who had loved me become the son of the honest free trader father that i had and repay the kindness that sarah had shown me he, re- he recalls the words of of hers thy debts are thy enemies who have run thee out of babylon yes it was so why had i refused to stand my ground like a man why had i permitted my wife to go back to her father then a strange thing happened all the world seemed to be a different color as though i had been looking at it through a colored stone which had suddenly been removed at last i saw true values of life and he decided he would do two things first he would go back to babylon face every man to whom he owed an unpaid debt and come back and pay the debt as fast as the god would permit next i would make a home for my wife become a citizen of whom my parents should be proud of and learn a skill and make an honest living 
My debts were my my debts were my enemies, but the men I owned were my friends. The men I owed rather were my friends. What mattered hungered? What mattered weakness? What mattered the tiredness in my feet? They were but incidents on the road of, to Babylon. As I progressed, we found water. We passed into fertile country. We found finally the trail to Babylon, because the soul of a free man. looks at life as a series of problems to be solved and solves them while the soul of a slave whines what can i do but i am a slave and why why me with that he ends the tale and gets back to the present time and addresses tarkad saying how about thee tarkad does thy empty stomach make thy exceedingly clear he knew <laughs> he knew that tarkad was without food He knew that Tarkad came to the inn specifically because he wanted some food of some kind. He knew that Tarkad would not like it to be given a cold glass of water while he sat chewing on a goat's leg. Canst thou see the world in its true color? Using the analogy that he started with, hast thou the desire to pay the honest debts, however many they may be? Tarkad <laughs> began to cry. He 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 rose eagerly to his knees. You have showed me a vision already. I feel the soul of a free man surge within me. One of the on uh, one of the listeners in in the inn questioned Dabasir, saying, "How did you fare when you returned?" He he opened with the sentence saying, "The determination is present. Any way can be found." First, I visited every man to whom I was indebted. And begged his indulgence until I could earn that which will repay. Most of them met me gladly. gladly. Several, several reviled me, but others offered to help me. The one who did was a man who we met in the previous chapter, named Mathon the gold lender. Learning that I became a camel tender in Syria, he sent me to old Nebatur, Nebatur, the camel trader, just commissioned by a good king to purchase many herds of so sound camels. For the great expedition, gradually I was able to repay every piece of copper, every piece of silver, and every piece of gold. Again, Dabasir turned to his food, telling the innkeeper, "The food you bring me is cold. Bring me some fresh meat, and bring Tarkar, my friend, a very large portion of meat." This ends the tale of Dabasir, the camel trader of Babylon, who once was a slave in Syria. Riddled with debt, but found his way back into the city to repay the people who trusted him, to bring back his wife, to earn, to learn an important skill and earn an honest living. It led this question: Am I a free man or am I a slave? Has led many men into several. Uh, has led many men out of difficult times. Difficult times are with finance is all the same. Debt. Debt and more debt. It has led many men of difficulties into success, and it will continue to do so. Who have the wisdom to understand its magic power? The question of Are you a free man or are you a slave? If you take in a lot of debt, you are never a free man. The house that you own, the assets that you own, do not belong to you. It belongs to the bank. It belongs to the person who has lent you the money. It belongs to everyone but you. 
Remember, debt payments, whether in the, in the form of a credit card, in the form of a house, in the form of anything that is not repaid, does not belong to you until such a time where every single pesa of it is paid back. But if such a situation arises where debt gets too much, remember that you have to ask yourself a question. Do you want to be a slave of debt, slave of the person who has lent you the money, or do you want to be a free man? And when you ask yourself the question, there is only two lines that the author says that will come to you. If there is too much debt to repay, tell yourself this. The determination is the way can be found. And with that, we come to the close of chapter 8 and episode 11 of The Richest Man in Babylon. Thank you for listening in. If there's any way I can make this better, let me know. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. This is Akash. I'm out.